You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for the Westside Community Noobs and Forbes Sports, and today... It's game day, it's Pacers heat, we're going to break down all that action, see if the Pacers can complete the full series sweep of the Miami Heat, which would be very impressive and probably nice feeling for a lot of the players in this team after how the playoffs went last year, and then they've already played the Heat uh, twice in the last couple weeks, so no need to spend a whole episode on the Heat and, and what they can challenge for the Pacers, so we'll pivot to some other topics. Buyout market should be heating up in the next 10 days, only 10 days left really for the buyout market to take shape, so... Taking an actual look at a list of candidates I think could be interesting. You know, it, We'll talk about why the lists for buyouts aren't great at the time, but talk about that. And then O'Shea Brissett, the 10-day guy, still has not been officially signed by the Pacers, although I think it will be either tomorrow or Thursday uh, that officially happens. I think it could be tomorrow. Um, we'll talk about him, what O'Shea Brissett could bring to the team if he is reportedly brought in for his 10-day contract. So let's start Pacers Heat. Um, the, the Heat look different from... When the Pacers played them twice back earlier this month, although not really a ton, they traded for Victor Oladipo, giving away Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a pick swap. And they traded a second rounder for Nemanja Bialica to the Kings. Uh, Oladipo still sick, and he will not play in this game. So if you are looking forward to Oladipo versus the Pacers like me, uh, he will not play. He's officially listed as out on the injury report. I don't even think he's with the Heat. Scott Agnes, I think, reported he's not even with the Heat. He didn't travel with the Heat to New York or to Indiana because he's ill. He might play later this week for them. He has not debuted. Bialica has debuted. He played five minutes in the Heat win over the Knicks uh, on Monday. So he is a different part of their team. But really the big thing when looking at the Heat that the Pacers played versus the Heat now is Olenek is gone out of the off their team. Avery Bradley didn't play against the Pacers, but Olenek gone off their team. He played a lot of minutes in both of those games, and he was a decently useful player. So that that's a difference, you know. That they're a little smaller right now until Bialitz is fully fully brought in. And when Vic's playing, I'm imagining they'll be even smaller still. So they they'll just look a little different. They against the Knicks on Monday, the Heat started Jimmy Butler, Trevor Ariza, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic. Uh, Kendrick Nunn is hurt, so that's why they started Dragic. Nunn is questionable for Wednesday's game, so TBD on if we'll see Kendrick Nunn or not. But uh, with none out there, backup guards were just Hero, Iguodala, Gabe Vincent, and Precious Chachua rounded out that bench. So the Heat look a little different, you know, with, with those swaps. They've made their little different team, and they've been kind of struggling. You know, those two Pacers losses really put them back a little bit. Uh, they, they scored 98, 105, 100 and in three of their four games since those two losses to the Pacers. Uh, their offense is struggling. They can't hit threes this season and if you know the Pacers you know that it's a great time for teams to bounce back from deep against them in Bankers Life Fieldhouse so never right off the heat for that but you know their offense has been struggling they're really carried by their defense uh they won 98-88 on Monday against the Knicks like I think that's the perfect summation of how the heat win games is they just grind you to death until you can't score Julius Randle had 22 Derrick Rose had 16 and no one else on the Knicks could do anything right like that's just how the heat are going to win at this stage of the season I think Butler's a guy to watch. Uh, he didn't do awesome in either game against the Pacers, um, but he had 27-6-5 on Monday. Uh, I think he can play better than he did uh, against the Pacers earlier this season. Not that he was bad. Jimmy Butler's always a very talented player, but without Warren there to motivate him, <laughs> uh, that's not a real reason, but no Warren motivating him, and the Heat just in general struggling from deep. He didn't look very good. 
Uh, he had 17 in the first game and 21 in the second. Shot 60% in the first game and only 10 shot attempts and 43% the second time. So his thing is getting to the line, right? And the Pacers have actually done a pretty good job of not fouling him. Uh, he only attempted 13 free throws across two games. So uh, they, can, they can keep him off the line. I think they can slow him down. And then they really just have to deal with, you know, making sure the Heat shooters don't get hot. Because, you know, I, I know that I said they're struggling from deep this year. And it's a big mystery compared to their team last year why they're shooting so poorly. But even with the poor shooting averages this season, his teams have kind of reflexed and figured out what some of those guys are good at. Like I said on, on our Monday show, Hero and Duncan Robinson, any, those guys can get hot any time, right? If you lose them at all, you're just destined to get beat from deep. Bam has a nice little crafty mid-range game. Iguodala occasionally can hit big shots. We've seen what Dragic can do to the Pacers. He only had four points Monday, but we all know he's more capable than that. So this team can get hot anytime. you got to stay home on your shooters. Be crisp with your defense. The Pacers did a great job of all that in Miami. They've got to do it again. Offensively, Bjorkren talked to the media today, uh, being Tuesday. So yesterday for listening, if you're listening. And he mentioned something he liked about their wins in Miami was the Pacers really did a nice job sharing the ball, right? Um, me and Adam talked about that Monday as well. Something they've been doing well since the All-Star break prior to the loss to the Wizards was getting everybody involved. They've had a ton of games where... They have six or seven guys in double figures. They had, I think, seven in double figures in both games against Miami, right? So the Heat are a really good defensive team. That's why they kind of had to share the ball, look for opportunities elsewhere. Something that stood out to me in those games was they didn't have any post-ups or Sabonis or Turner or Goga, mainly Sabonis, but, you know, occasionally Turner and Goga get post-ups, dribble a lot, right, and go slow and try to create plays with cuts or anything like that. They were quick post-ups. It was catch, dribble, dribble, pass, catch, dribble, shot, you know, something like that. That was a key factor to me. And Karras was getting more involved at that time. He was finding ways to share the ball more and get his shots to fall. Two things, both of those, that did not happen on Monday. Sabonis played an amazing game. His post-ups were not a problem in that game specifically, but they couldn't get Karras going, and they were a little out of rhythm offensively. Their defense was absolutely the problem Monday, so that's not an issue here. But just something to monitor is... Brogdon and Sabonis were both absolutely ridiculous. They combined for 61 Monday. None of the other guys got going. They've got to get everybody else involved, get everybody else on the same page to get into that scoring department so they can beat the Heat once again. Because unlike the Wizards, who are terrible on defense and great on offense, the Heat are the opposite. So the Pacers need to you know, play that similar game plan that, that Bjorken likes where everybody's getting involved. They're getting their shooters open. They're getting their attackers into the lane to, to set up easy buckets and, and not clogging it up with any sort of action or play. Jeremy Lamb, who hurt his toe uh, against the Wizards or aggravated a toe injury or something against the Wizards Monday, he's listed questionable, although he did not go through a full practice. He did some stuff, so he might not play. You know, He limped off and didn't come back in on Monday. McDermott did go through a full practice Tuesday. He's also questionable, but you have to imagine since he you know, was able to test it out pregame Monday and went through a full practice Tuesday, that he'll be able to go. I'm not reporting that, but I am just imagining uh, that he'll be able to go. So I think that we'll see, Mc yes, McDermott and no Lamb, which is the better of the two combos You know that they had it flipped on Monday, uh, which then forces them to play Lamb at the four, which it doesn't work. I think a factor in their terrible defense that game is they had to go with that lineup due to personnel. So we'll probably see Aaron Holiday again if Lamb doesn't play, but if they're able to stagger, which I think is the move, when they only have one center on the court, they have to stagger Justin Holiday and McDermott at the four, so they don't have any of these Lamb or Karras at the four groups. If they can avoid those, they can avoid rickety defensive stretches, and against the Heat, who don't have a good offensive team this season, the Pacers can win this game, and I think they will bounce back. They're very, they very atypically just come out with multiple duds in a row. They've lost multiple games in a row this season, but they haven't had any just total duds twice in a row. 
Their defense was an absolute dud Monday. I doubt that'll happen again. So I think they'll play better. I don't know if they'll win. It's really hard to sweep a team, especially one with Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra uh, over the course of a full season. But they could do it, and it'd be nice to get a home win and get back on track to end the month because this month was brutal and they have exceeded most expectations of what they could do with their schedule. So Pacers can win. I think I'd probably, you know, with Vic out and the emotions removed from this game and the bounce back factor, give them, I would say like 52, 53% chance to win. So I guess I'll call them the favorites, but you never know. Um, but let's take a break and talk about the buyout market, which everybody wants to know more about after the jail and the Q waiver, a few about a week ago, actually, almost at this point. But first, let's talk about Michelob Ultra because we got to name the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Now, I was supposed to tease that earlier, and I totally forgot, but that's okay because this is a little – it's an ad break that allows me to do a subject for like a minute. And today, our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week is Goga Batadze. Adam talked about his growth yesterday. I really liked that he did that because I was planning to talk about Goga for today, and now I don't have to. Um, since the All-Star break, Goga playing 10 minutes a game. First of all, great job by the Pacers to find him that playing time. Scoring five points a game in those 10 minutes, three rebounds, and 1.3 blocks. So per 36 minutes, he's averaging something like four blocks, uh, which is crazy. He's been playing really good on defense. Um, They're getting him the time, and he's producing. He's shooting 47.5%, which isn't that high, but for him is a big improvement. And that defensive impact is there, which is living up to his draft potential. So Goga Batadze, the Mikulob Ultra Player of the Week, he's been stepping up. And he is an enjoyable player. And it's only worth it if you enjoy it, just like Mikolo Baltra. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's very delicious and creates joy in your life. Enjoy, create success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Try Mikolo Baltra today, and you'll experience joy, happiness, and enjoyment. So go try Mikolo Baltra today. All right, the buyout market. I am using an article from my good friend Yassi Goslin of Hoops Hype, who listed all the buyout candidates. And he is really good at the cap stuff, right? And seeing the whole picture of the league and re- relating that to buyouts because that's mostly why buyouts happen is a team doesn't want to pay an expensive guy a huge salary for the rest of the season. So they pay him a slightly less amount to free him from that contract. That player makes up the money from a different team. So the team saves some money. The player gets his money. Good teams get better. Bad teams get worse. It's a win for all the parties. You know, it's a little annoying if you're close to a contender, but not quite there seeing the contenders get better. But just be better if you want that to work. I don't know. The bio market's just weird. But um, if you if you have a good picture of this of the cap, you can really admire the buyout candidates better. So right, Drummond and Aldridge are the first two guys he listed. Pacers aren't going to get either of those guys because they've already legally signed with different teams. <laughs> uh, they're probably the premier two guys that'll be available this season. That's not happening. So let's go through the guys listed after that. Otto Porter is the the hot name, right? That he was in the Nikola Vucevic trade. He's now in the Orlando Magic. He is good. The Magic don't want to be good. He has a big salary. They probably owe him $10 million over the rest of the season, maybe a little more than that even, because his salary is so high. So I think that there's a good chance he gets bought out. But the reporting says he's not, you know, and I, I think it's possible that they want to keep him and evaluate him and keep his bird rights. Um, bird rights are nice, especially on good players. So keeping his bird rights makes some sense for them. I don't know if he'll get bought out. The cap su- stuff suggests he could, and people keep tweeting that the Pacers should get him if he does get bought out. That'd be great. They'll be competing with everybody. I mean, the Lakers want a 3 and D wing so bad. So he'd be awesome for the Pacers, right? They could actually have a four on the court at all times, not have to do Lamb at the four anymore. Otto could take some of Jeremy Lamb's minutes, which would be great. Uh, maybe even take some of Justin Holiday's minutes. He's a good player. So if they could get him, he'd be awesome. I'm not sure he will get bought out, but... He's probably like the guy for for all these buyout discussions because he's actually good where a lot of them are just like fringe or not that good or we're already on another team or don't fit perfectly with the Pacers. Otto fits every box, right? So if Otto Porter gets bought out, I'm imagining the Pacers. They could probably offer him a starting spot, honestly. 
Um, and just slot Justin Holiday with McDermott on the bench unit. So if he does get bought out, he'd be a great one. Avery Bradley is the next guy listed. He was traded in the Oladipo trade to the Rockets. He's good. Uh, he's he's okay, I think, is, is more adequate. Um, but I don't think he's a good fit with the Pacers. He's he's probably he's okay. I, I would say he's a little worse than Jeremy Lamb, maybe about the same. He has a different skill set, though. Um, he's more defensive-minded and less offensive-oriented. So, I, you know, what's the point of, of switching the, which one you have in the rotation? There isn't one. Pacers already have a bunch of guards. They're already not playing Aaron Holiday uh, when they're fully healthy. So, if your Bradley's an okay player, doesn't make sense for the Pacers. Austin Rivers is the next guy listed. Uh, he already has been bought out uh, by the Knicks, or he got traded by the Thunder. He got bought out by the Thunder. Uh, rumors are, or the reports are, that he will join the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, in the coming days. So, um, also not a fit for the Pacers because he's a guard. Honestly, the guards, I'm just going to say they're a guard. It doesn't make sense for the Pacers. But he's already going to sound with the Bucks anyway, so there's no point there. Gorgie Jang. Gorgie Jang. I just said his name poorly. Uh, already bought out by the Grizzlies. Already signed with the Spurs. Kind of could play stretch four. So I guess if you're looking for a stretch four, he could have been a fit with the Pacers, but already signed with the Spurs. Irrelevant. Corey Joseph is next. This one's interesting. Uh, the Pistons just got him. From the Kings by trading away Daylon Wright and some picks. Or the picks went to the Pistons, I believe. Anyway, Corey Joseph could get bought out. I guess the, the Pistons would probably rather play a bunch of Killian Hayes and Saban Lee at point guard. So maybe he'll get bought out. Um, they don't have him in the future plans. Corey Joseph has kind of fallen off since the Pacers. And he could help. You know, they need defense at the point of attack. And he's just as good as Aaron Holiday is right now. But... Uh, I'd rather play Aaron Holiday just because he's younger and they picked him in development and he's a guard. There's no point of adding a guard at this point in the season. Rodney Hood's an interesting one. Uh, Rodney Hood went to Toronto in the Norman Powell deal and he's actually a good player. Um, he's got about $10 million left for the rest of the season. Um, and I think if the Raptors had traded Kyle Lowry, you know, if they were really bottoming out for the rest of the season, they would absolutely have bought out Hood because he's good and could help a contender. So if they, he does get bought out, he can kind of help the Pacers because he can kind of play on the wing. And, uh, you know, maybe that would be your move to move Justin Holiday to the bench as you start Rodney Hood. But I think because the Raptors kept Lowry, they'll just keep him and maybe keep his bird right, see what kind of good team they can field next year. They still have Siakam, right? They're still trying to be good. So I don't think Hood gets bought out. His inclusion on this list is the first guy that I've said, eh, I don't know. But if he does, he'd be a good fit on the wing. So two, we have two guys so far that I think would be good fits. That's Rodney Hood and Otto Porter. Next guy listed, Hassan Whiteside. Pacers do not need centers. Hassan Whiteside's not good anymore. That one's easy. Uh, skip. Ben McLemore. We talked about this one, me and Adam did, a while ago. Great shooter. He can play the wing. If he gets bought out, he'd be a good fit for sure, mostly off of that shooting. Although he has a lot more reputation than actual impact when it comes to his shooting. He's at 33% this year, so he's been bad. He's kind of helping the Rockets be bad. Um, but affordable contract. Uh, so his buyout doesn't really make sense. Like, what, why would you save money on a cheap guy anyway? And he's not playing well. So I don't know if he'll get bought out. But um, if he does, you know, because he's a shooter, he's 6'3", so he's probably too guardy for the Pacers to consider. But you always got to take a look at shooting at least. Next up, Samo Harkless, another guy me and Adam have discussed before. He was signed by the Heat and then dealt for Bialica. Excuse me for all these burps and coughs, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, fell out of the Heat's rotation. Now he's on the Kings. He hasn't hardly played this season, but uh, he's a big body who's capable enough on offense and defense. So he could fill some minutes for the Pacers if he does play. He's played in both games, or two games for the Kings already, playing 13 minutes a game. Uh, and he shot 45% from deep with the Heat, although he didn't play that much. And he's shooting 60% in his two games from three with the Kings. Um, 
for over the last two seasons, he is shooting a 37% from deep, and he's an okay defender, right? So he's a role player, but I think he's the third guy that makes sense. So we're up to three. We've got Mo Harkless, Rodney Hood, if bought out, I doubt it, and Otto Porter, if bought out, I doubt it. So Mo Harkless, probably the most realistic of those three. Rodney Magruder is on here from the Pistons, another like okay wingy guy who could help the Pacers uh, in theory, but he's probably worse than Aaron Holiday at this point, so what's the point? If they're worse than Aaron Holiday, even if they're a wing, there's no point. Just play Holiday in the case of emergency. Jabari Parker, already waived by the Kings. He stinks. No points. Dante Exum, he's out for the rest of the season. The Pacers would want a contributor now. And Jeff Teague's the last guy mentioned. He already signed with the Bucks, so that one's over as well. So really scanning the market of likely guys. Of the, the, all these people make sense to get bought out for various reasons or another. The, ones that own, the only ones that make sense to me are Mo Harkless, Rodney Hood, and Otto Porter. If any of them get bought out, the Pacers should actively pursue. The trouble with these lists is you never know what's going to happen in the next nine days. You know, Maybe a team fully commits to the tank the rest of the way, like Toronto, I guess. I don't know if they have any buyout guys except for Hood, ironically. Um, so maybe you know that happens, or maybe the Kings, like with Harkless, right? Or if they don't commit to the tank, they might not get bought out and you know, you never know what these lists, right? A team has to has to firm up their direction in the next 10 days for this stuff to make sense. And there's always a few surprise guys. So of the guys that make some sense just thinking about it, that's the list. And I think that Porter, Hood, um, and the Harkless would be the most likely guys for the Pacers to pursue in that instance. They'd have their MLE to offer those guys. So they have a small money advantage the Pacers can offer over other teams. They have a, a probably, I'd say, 10-minute role, uh, the Trevor Booker role. They could offer that player, you know, the, the lamb at the four minutes and I guess like three minutes from Justin Holiday or something like that. So that's a decent role. It's not a big role. Like Otto Porter would play a lot. He'd play more than Justin or Doug McDermott. But anyone else would have a tiny role. So they can offer a tiny role and decent money, which if you're getting bought out off an awful team, I guess that's more appealing than what you had. So it's not a great package they can offer, but it's something. So who knows who they'll pursue and get, but those are the guys that I think make any sense but speaking of guys who are going to potentially be signed by the Pacers this guy is reportedly going to be signed by the Pacers O'Shea Brissett uh Woj reported last week the Pacers are going to sign him to a 10-day let's talk about what he can bring to the Pacers and why he hasn't officially signed yet but first got to talk about two people first one of course Bill Barr uh we've been telling you about them for forever I've told you stories of you know our Australian host Josh Lloyd asking people uh the American hosts to order Bill Barr for him and then ship them to him in Australia because he can't buy them himself that's how good they are. People will go to many lengths to buy them. They are amazing tasting, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bars, 100% covered in chocolate. Great for the health conscious guy. I've named you these bullet points a million times. You got to try them out. I'm serious. They're so good. I've gone back and bought more many times. I've heard from listeners the same thing. They're currently doing March Madness on uh, their March Madness style on their website called Built Bar Madness. They're in the final four, cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk today. You can go vote on their site, which one you think is the favorite to see who's going to be the ultimate protein bar. And of course, use the code LOCKED15 at checkout when you're getting your own Built Bars for 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And of course, check out the great people over at BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, although they're doing 17 games next year, so more action for you to bet on there. But college basketball and NHL in full swing. BetOnline's got everything from TV shows, reality TV awards, sports, real-time updated odds and props on anything you can imagine and they've got you covered for all the new scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up when you do sign up on their website betonline.ag or using your mobile device if you use the promo code locked on all one word when you do so you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag your online 
sportsbook experts. All right, who is O'Shea Brissett? Why are the Pacers signing him to a 10-day reportedly? Why haven't they yet? Okay, here's a few things. He's in Indy. I think he's been in Indy since last Friday, maybe last Saturday. I don't remember the exact date that I was told. Early last weekend, O'Shea Brissett got to Indy. In theory, he could sign his 10-day anytime, um, right? So Davis Bertans this summer was in Latvia, and he couldn't even get back to America for travel reasons with COVID for a little bit. He signed his contract in Latvia, right? You don't have to be in person to sign a contract. Like, technically, Brissett could sign at any time, but what's the point of signing a guy to a 10-day when he can't play or practice yet because he has to quarantine? So that's why O'Shea hasn't signed yet. He's currently quarantining. He's in Indy. I don't know how long that's going to be. A lot of, for, I think it's four days for a lot of guys. So Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. It could be Wednesday. He officially signs his deal. Uh, I don't have an official date that they'll officially sign him, although I'm imagining it's going to be Wednesday or Thursday, given that information. But he's been in Indy. Uh, he's basically confirmed it with his own Instagram stories that he the deal is signing. It just can't happen yet. So O'Shea Brissett's going to sign a 10-day with the Pacers per Woj. Uh, he's never wrong anyway. So why are they signing O'Shea Brissett? Who is he? What does he bring to the team? I watched a lot of Maddens this year, and if you caught my tweets on the team and thoughts, you know that I think he was the best player on the team this year. Uh, he didn't start at the very beginning of the season, but quickly earned a starting spot. Averaged 18.6 points per game and 9.7 rebounds per game. So he was a beast on the glass and a pretty good scorer. Uh, he shot 44% from the field, 33% from deep. But really, he's just kind of he's an interesting jack-of-all-trades kind of player. So he's played for Bjorkren before with the Raptors. And he played for Nick Nurse before he played for the Raptors on Team Canada. And that's this is where I think... Bjorkren kind of, or Bjorkren, uh, where Nick Nurse kind of liked him is on that Team Canada stint. Uh, I was reading stories about their time together, and Nick Nurse, you know, first of all, really liked him because he was playing well, but also he played him at the three, right? So, Brissett kind of reminds me of Jakar in this way, and that he can kind of play three through five. I would say five is a very dangerous idea, but he, you know, he's 6'8", so he's small ball center. He played a little tiny bit of that in with the Mad Ants, but he's really a 3-4, mostly like Jakar. Um, he's got that forward-esque versatility, and he's really bouncy. Uh, he goes really hard on the glass for a guy of his size. Right Again, 10 rebounds per game is something to scoff at. Even in the G League, that's impressive at his size. And he combines it with some scoring, right? He's super athletic. Uh, I saw him dunk all over someone. I've seen him drive around a few guys. So he's really just varied. He, his skill set's really varied. He's got a lot of of stuff he can do nothing he's not amazing at anything right he's not in the nba for a reason but he's pretty good at a lot of stuff and um again he, he was on the second team all g league so he's one of the best 10 players of the minor so clearly deserving of an nba shot uh i don't know if he'll actually play in games but i think what's going to happen is you know with these 10 day guys even if they don't play i this is a weird misconception to me people always are tweeting like why would you sign a 10 day guy and then not play him like why a waste of time first of all who cares <laughs> it's not your money just whatever but you know the watch seeing the guy in practice and getting to know him has value when they're that good right he's one of the 10 best guys who weren't in the nba this season because they're in the g league bubble you want to see how that guy behaves and practices and fits in with your team culture and stuff like that and you know he already has ties to the coach so clearly they like his background but seeing how he practices and, and fits with your team is potentially valuable in the future maybe you sign him to a deal in the offseason right think of ben moore i don't know if any of you remember ben moore he was on the pacers in 2017-18, on a two-way, impressed, got promoted, and then they signed him to a full, got, he got a 10-day, and then the next season, he got a full contract with the team, right? He was on the team for the first couple of games of the season. So, 
he ended up getting waived um, and going to the Austin Spurs. But, you know, that kind of stuff, because he impressed on that limited time and in practices and stuff, he got a, a, another deal in the future. Um, so even if he doesn't play in games, the Pacers still get to evaluate him and look at a guy who could be on the team in the future. And if he does well, he could get more deals and be on the team. Like, he could get the buyout spot I just spent a whole segment talking about. Like, if the Pacers don't want to add a contributor, they could just be like, yeah, we'll keep O'Shea the rest of the season and see what we can do with him in the offseason. He played with the Raptors last year, O'Shea did. Um, so he has some Bjorken familiarity, like I mentioned earlier. Nick Nurse was the coach there. But he was on a two-wave with them in 2019-20 uh, and got that converted to a full contract. So he played in 19 games, which is pretty impressive. Uh, 7.1 minutes per game, 1.9 points, 1.4 rebounds per game with Toronto. He wasn't really in the rotation ever. Uh, he played over 10 minutes a few times. He had this stretch right in the middle of the season when the Raptors were really banged up where he played 14, or he played 15 minutes, 17 and a half, 14 and a half, 9 and a half, and then 22 uh, minutes in a two-point loss to the Blazers. So he played a ton right in a row. He averaged 4.5 points and three rebounds per game in that stretch where he averaged just under 14 minutes per game. Shot 45% from the field. Uh, and the Raptors outscored the other team in all of those games. Oh, shoot. I just added a game into that stretch. I have his numbers wrong for that stretch. He averaged 5.4 points and 3.6 rebounds in that stretch in 15.8 minutes per game. And the Raptors outscored the other team in all five of those games, right? So when he was in the rotation, he was helping that Raptors team. Uh, he, you know, He's a good athlete, decent defender, can has a nose for the ball in the glass, can score a little bit. So... Again, I would put him talent-wise and impact-wise right about the same as Jakar Sampson. Um, but I was going to say earlier when I made fun of people who don't get the point of signing a guy to a 10-day and not playing him in games, I will say this. If it comes to a point where you know your forward rotation is depleted for injuries or you're in garbage time, they should value playing O'Shea over Jakar, obviously, because they have Jakar the rest of the season. They have O'Shea for 10 days. Um, that's where that kind of stuff matters. Or if they need, like, if there's foul trouble and they need three minutes of not lamb at the four, maybe they put O'Shea in in those minutes or something. I don't know. But that that's where they can value getting him time and seeing what he can bring to this team. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, if they don't, if they get a buyout guy they like, they can cut him any times. Ten days are really easy to get rid of and get off of your books if you need to. And if they like him uh, or they don't find a buyout guy they like, they can sign him to more ten days. They can keep him for the rest of the season. Who knows? A lot of options. But we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see what he can bring to the team. Uh, and see what the guys have to say about him. So that's all for today's show. This Heat game should be fun. Adam will break it all down tomorrow, and we'll talk more O'Shea uh, once he's signed and we ha- learn more from him, I'm sure. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to check out Bill Barr, BetOnline.ag, and Mikola Bulcher, and we will see you guys tomorrow.